0: Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. I was on my way to the Book of Joel the other day to take a take a look a better look at Chapter Three when I was waylaid by the Holy Spirit. I was thumbing through the pages, I was passing through the Book of Amos. I was kind of going backwards in the, in the chapters. I must admit, I haven't spent much time there in Amos, but I do have a favorite verse. Uh, Chapter 3, verse 7, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless He reveals His secret to His servants, the prophets. I think that's real good, and it's real encouraging. But the Lord got my undivided attention in Amos chapter 9. I'm going to go for broke here, present what I believe the, the Holy Spirit is saying from this much overlooked important chapter, what it, what it means for church and synagogue in the coming days, leading to that day, the day of the Lord. Let's read it. Amos chapter 9, verse 8. Behold, the days of the Lord God are on the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from the face of the earth. Yet I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, says the Lord. For surely, surely I'll command, and I will sift the house of Israel among all the nations as grain sifted in a sieve. Yet not the smallest grain shall fall to the ground. All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword who says, here's the warning, here's the warning. Listen to this carefully. The calamity shall not overtake nor confront us. Well, (laughs) what do we do with that? A sinful kingdom that God intends to destroy. Yet leave a remnant and shake among the nations. But but there's a caveat here. God's saying, guard your words carefully, because that kind of arrogance of that day, the deception of an unimaginable peace and recognition of a holy covenant by your neighbors of an ancient hatred. Listen, that kind of talk will bring death and destruction. But as they say, there's more. Let's listen to verse 11. On that day, I'll raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom. Literally, that's mankind. Edom represents mankind here. And all the Gentiles who were called by my name, says the Lord, who does this thing. The Lord says he's going to raise up a deposed dynasty. The Davidic dynasty, the son of David, Yeshua, the Jewish Messiah, is returning, and that's going to change everything. God's going to raise up a nation of people held in covenant disobedience for the past 2,000 years, suddenly and in one day when they recognize the one they pierced. And they're going to live in his sight forever among the company of nations in ultimate peace and safety. Listen to this clearly post-day-of-the-Lord word. Listen to this carefully. An introduction to the millennial kingdom. Verse 14. I'll bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit from them. I'll plant them in their land, and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them says the Lord God and Amos was not the first to see this very prophetic promise back in 2nd uh, Samuel chapter 7 verse 10 listen to this moreover I will appoint a place for my people Israel and I'll plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more nor nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them anymore you see my beef is What I just read here is very little considered in the 21st century church. It's seldom talked about. When was the last time you heard a message on the future promises of the covenant people? God's ultimate plan for the people group on the earth he began with and he will finish with. We hear plenty about the church, and that's good, what the Lord has planned for the redeemed and their wonderful things like eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But, but but, what about the people with whom he started the entire process? It's a significant misnomer. The church alone is the center of God's spiritual universe. But if we're to successfully navigate the season before us, we need to embrace and understand the people group with whom he decided to start with in the first place. Among many in the church, born-again believers who go to church regularly and and support the creeds and the canon hold to the idea God is somehow finished with the Jews, that they may have some relevance in the future plan of God in the sweet by and by, but, but the church has replaced Israel as the apple of his eye. No, no, that can't be farther from the truth. The Lord's going to move us away from this casual, sentimental view of the covenant people. So we, so we begin to see with the eyes of the Spirit that it's this ancient nation that's the barometer for the timing and the tensions ahead. That the Lord's controversy with Zion will play out in the most, most spectacular trouble Jacob has ever known. And that Jerusalem is the link for this spiritual confrontation to begin and end. Jesus' own words make clear the full gospel that warns of the wrath to come and the shadow of the imminent destruction of Jerusalem. That's where they were in Matthew chapter 24. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, then let those who are in Judea flee. For, for then there shall be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. Isn't that what the prophet Amos affirmed in the scripture we read earlier? Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are on the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from the face of the earth, yet I'll not destroy, utterly destroy the house of Jacob. So Amos knew what he was talking about, and so does the prophet Joel. Actually, what what Joel prophesied carries more weight in our day than in his These prophecies require our full attention and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. There's an assault on Israel and the judgment of the nations. God's challenge to the nations that level the assault and the Father's protection of Israel and judgment on her neighbors, on her enemies. There's the restoration of the people, the land, and, and God's avenging of the blood of the Jews. Joel as, as with the other prophets, enlists the language of Armageddon, that great day of God Almighty. This is language of a final cataclysmic warfare that points to the end of the age. In recent years, the, the subject of dividing the land for peace has been, been championed by Israel's neighbors and, and some in the international community. This is not the dividing of the land that's in view in Joel, This is the prophesied future dividing of the land by the Antichrist, as we see in Daniel chapter 11. And this is a very important distinction. He, that's the Antichrist, shall also enter the glorious land. And many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape from his hand. Edom, Moab, and the Promet prominent people of Ammon. This is the dividing of the land that's simultaneous with the great tribulation, the scattering of the people that sends many into the wilderness and among the nations. The geopolitical landscape of the Middle East, with whispers of peace in the south and, and saber rattling in the north, leaves us with the question whether a future war that goes in Israel's favor may pave the way for a future peace or a future coalition of Israel and its southern neighbors, Saudi Arabia and Egypt uh, in particular, may that put the covenant nation in a rather compromising position? While we may not know the particulars of such a confrontation, what we do know is Israel's neighbor to the north, Turkey, longs for a revived Ottoman Empire, an Islamic caliphate, and and Turkey's president Erdogan is presently making nice with Putin, assuring the, the Russian president he would like to provide relief for the global sanctions levied against the aggressive nation. This is what we do know from Daniel chapter 8. Iran, in verse 4, will suddenly push west with little resistance against Turkey. Turkey will respond in kind, soundly defeating the predominantly Shia nation. Read it for yourself. Daniel chapter 8, just read verses 3 through 5. My friends, there are increasingly clear prophetic events in the works, a shuffling of the, of the nations, global realignments not seen before in the modern world, all that are harbingers, are forerunners of, of a future peace leading to Israel's great deception. All that said, there's some welcome news on the horizon. The disquieting uh, prophecies in Amos and Joel will lead to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit before the day of the Lord. See, it's clear from the Bible, the church will be prepared for these events in the preliminary years leading to the Great Tribulation. Filled with the Spirit most recently poured out in travail and intercession with with strategies and divine mandates for the days ahead, leading to the return of Jesus. Isaiah was shown that in Isaiah chapter 42, verses 6 and 7. "'I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, and I will hold your hand, I will keep you, and I will give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles.'" to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. The prophet also says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Folks, (laughs) we cannot spiritualize those verses. End-time believers are appointed to preach the gospel, minister to the poor, and and bring the healing message to the brokenhearted. And when Jesus returns, he he will release the Jews who've been scattered and imprisoned and bring judgment to the anti-Semitic nations. Let's pray. Father, give us your wisdom for the days ahead. Would you awaken the heart of your church that we may see your divine intent for, for Gentile believers all over the world? Lord, we know we're called to love Jerusalem and to pray for it. But, Father, we need a, a crystal clear vision for the ultimate outcome of your end time promises for the Jewish people and their promised role before the nations. Bring clarity to your church in these days that we might Get in full agreement with your divine promises. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Be sure to subscribe to the podcasts, my friends, and God bless each and every one of you. Maranatha, I'm Bill Nordstrom.